You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji-Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hi, Spot On listeners. I bet this name of this episode got to you, The Dating Game. Well, it's not about dating. What it's all about is the dates on the food label, as well as other important information on the food label. And, you know, I read um, the survey that was done by the NPD group that nearly 90% of consumers read the food label when they go food shopping or that before they buy a product. So I thought that was absolutely fascinating. But more importantly, do they really know what to be looking for in the label? So I decided we were going to do a segment on this. Okay, spot on listeners today, I have the food label guru. Yes, there is such a thing. My good friend from New York City, she's a registered dietitian, Bonnie Taub. Dix. She is the award-winning author of, get ready for this, read it before you eat it, taking you from the label to the table. Do you believe this? I mean, she wrote a whole book on this food label thing. This is why I have her here. She is the creator of betterthandieting.com. This is a fabulous website, and we're going to put a picture uh, and a link to the book and also to her website on the Spun On Facebook page. And she also writes for today.com and U.S. News and World Report. She's all over the place. So with that, I want to welcome my good friend from New York City, Bonnie, to Spun On. Hey, Joan. Bon, when I read that um, 90% of people are, are, are reading the label, I was like, whoa, I didn't realize that much. What do you think that's all about? You know, I think it's about a few things. One thing that I think is that um, even though numbers don't show that we're doing all that well in terms of how we're eating as a country, I do think that people are trying to eat more healthfully, especially with what we've just come out of. I think that they are trying to pay more attention, um, you know, but part of the problem and part of the reason why I even wrote my book is because even though we do want to eat more healthfully, we don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time in the supermarket these days. So, you know, the key is how do I get in and out of there quickly and fill my cart with stuff that actually is going to help me more than harm me and uh, help myself and my family prevent a lot of the illnesses that we see in this country, like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and and actually enjoy what we're eating at the same time. I know it's a big it's a big ask, but that's what I always hope for. Right, and you're right about this. This cockamamie uh, year that we've been in here, people are really um, concerned about health, and so you know, reading the label or knowing what's in the food before they buy it is really, really important. And it, ironically, you know, in in uh, about 2020, they had a big change in the food nutrition fact panel on on the label. So, you know, what wh- why was there a change? Why did because I mean, the the nutrition fact panel has been here since the 1990s, but why did they change it? That is part of the problem is it's been there since the 1990s. 
without change. <laughs> okay, Bonnie, so this is like the haircut that you had in the 1990s you don't want to be wearing in the 2021s, is that exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. You know, every every now and then we all kind of need a little bit of a, a makeover or a push refresh. Well, 20 years was kind of a long time, but <laughs> you know, what you and I know is that science has changed a lot over those times. Like there are still some things that no matter how much time goes by, they're still the same, like, you know, eat your vegetables. But there are other things that have changed, um, you know, like knowing a little bit more about the sugar that's in food or that fiber is actually important. You know, there's there's quite a bit that we've learned in science. And that, of course, brought changes to the label. You know, it's interesting you said that. Um, doesn't surprise me because you're so on top of this whole label thing. But the number one thing that consumers are looking for wasn't number one a couple of years ago, but the number one, more than 50% of consumers are looking, the first thing they're looking for are added sugars on the label, uh, which is, it never used to be that. It used to be calories, and calories is actually number two. So why, why is the consumer, why did this, you know, jump up to the top? Why are they so consumed about added sugars? You know, I think if you go back to like the 1980s, if you ask this question, then the number one thing that people would be looking for is, yes, calories are always a hot item on the label, but it would have probably been fat because at that time we were more fat phobic. And now with so many diets being popular, like the keto diet and paleo diet that are always bashing carbohydrates, we have taken a greater interest in looking at sugar and demonizing sugar. But I am happy that um, that this is something that actually changed on the label. And just to explain a little bit for your listeners is that on the label, it used to just basically say sugars and carbohydrates and all sugars were lumped in the same category, meaning that even the the sugar that was in fruit was in the same category as the sugar that may have been added from the sugar bowl, which is called added sugar or the sugar that's added by the manufacturer. And now added sugar is listed separately. So if you look at a product like um, soda, you'll notice that most of that the sugar that is in soda comes from added sugar. All of it comes from added sugar, as opposed to some other products like maybe um, orange juice, maybe. Well, orange juice, a lot of it will come from the fruit, yes. Um, and also something like yogurt, where part of the sugar could, could come naturally from the milk that's within, within and the rest coming from whatever sugar is added, like, you know, sweetened sweeten part of it. Right. So in other words, yogurt has natural sugars in it. I know it's called lactose. You and I both know that. So so in the olden days, that would be listed as sugars. You'd be like, oh, no, it has so much sugar, but it really isn't the added sugar is just a natural sugar in milk. So this it sounds like this teases it out. So you know what is natural and what, what is not. But something that's important to look at here is that it's also looking at the ingredient list and not just what's on that nutrition facts panel, because the fact is that the word sugar is not always spelled S-U-G-A-R. And sugar is what I call the master of disguise, meaning that it's hiding as as an alias when you look at something like organic cane juice or molasses or, um, you know, anything that that 
is like that kind of sweetener. And there are some foods that may only have sugar listed once, but they could have five other types of sugars that are listed. So it's a good idea. To, in my book, I have a whole section on all the different names that are used for sugar because there are so many. Right. You said molasses, brown sugar, uh, corn syrup. Interesting. So I love that the Alice is for sugar. So now when they go to the label and it says added sugars, they add all of those um, total on, on the Nutrition Fact panel. So that's good. So you can use the ingredients ingredient label to also, you know, uh, help you when you're also looking at the nutrition fact panel. You know, um, speaking about ingredients label, that is so important to have, um, you know, the ingredients of food, because so many people have allergies and, and things and such. But, but isn't it true, Bonnie, that the ingredients are listed in descending order by weight? So in other words, the, 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 Number one thing in uh, listed on the green label is there the, by the highest weight of the product? Yes, yes, it is. So therefore, going back to the sugar theme here, that if if you see that there are five different ingredients and that sugar is listed fifth, it may mean that there's not really a lot of sugar in the product as opposed to sugar being listed first or second, that they may that may show that there is more sugar that's in there. But, you know, as long as we're talking about ingredients, um, I want to point out something that really bugs me. And that's when you hear these people, I'll just call them people, saying, don't buy a food that has more than five ingredients in it. And I think that when it comes to that ingredient list, yes, sometimes we could feel a little, a little overwhelmed when we see a long ingredient list. But the length of the list doesn't necessarily say anything about the quality of the product. And what I mean by that is that you could have 10 ingredients, 20 ingredients in a product. If the ingredients are wholesome, wholesome healthy ingredients, then the amount of them doesn't matter. You could have a product that only has two ingredients in it, water and sugar. And even though it has less than five ingredients, it doesn't make it a health food. Right, right, right. That's an excellent point because I can't, I, I really can't, st I've seen this on social media, like you just said, don't eat or drink anything that has more than five ingredients. And that's silly because something like a whole grain cereal may have a lot of ingredients because it might it might be fortified or enriched with a lot of vitamins, right? Exactly. And you know, my, my favorite bread has 25 ingredients because there's seeds and nuts and all different things in there. So um, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference in terms of the quantity. There there are in fact there's lots of um, misleading, tricky words out there, you know, phrases out there like, you know, don't only shop the perimeter. Well, what do you mean only shop the perimeter? I kind of say make the most of the middle because you, in the in the middle aisles, you'll find whole grain pasta and beans and nuts and all of these healthy foods. So it's not just about the perimeter. I think it's really important to get to know your entire store. Right. And you 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 make a, an interesting suggestion to you know shop, make your shopping list. Uh, like almost like a map of the, of the store, correct? Yep. And, you know, I did that when my kids were little because I used to, I went to the store, I made a list of how the layout of the store is so that this way when I go shopping, all I had to do is put the, I put the list on my computer, I print it out, I put it on my countertop and everybody could circle things that they want. There was a section for write-ins too, <laughs> like donuts. Um, and And then when I went to the store, Food shopping was a breeze because I never had to backtrack. 
It was everything was circled. It was already I didn't have to overbuy and therefore waste food. I didn't underbuy and be missing out on things. And more importantly, if you had that organized, Miss Bonnie, you could delegate it to someone else to go food shopping for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, you got that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm winking at you, okay? We know that, right? Okay, so calories is was uh, something second that people are looking for, and and that actually changed on the label. So, can you explain how that changed on the label now? Calories will be bigger and bolder, and still misunderstood. And what I mean by that is, you know, when people are surveyed about their calorie intake. In most cases, they underestimate the amount of calories that they actually are taking in or even what a calorie is. And I think that what is so important here is that when you see a number, it's not just about looking at that number and judging whether it's high or low, because the number doesn't tell you anything about the quality of the food. So, for example, you could see calories um, on a fruit on the label and see that it has the same amount of calories as a certain amount of jelly beans. But that doesn't mean that those calories or carbs are the same because they're not. So calories gives you an idea of whether something is high or low or just right, you know, like the three little bears, but it doesn't really tell you anything about the food in terms of quality. For that, you have to look at the ingredients and the nutrition facts panel, right, and, and and to see what you're getting for those calories. So yeah, yeah. So what you're saying, uh, there's a difference between green beans and jelly beans. Correct. Yeah, there you go. Even calories may be the same. So okay. So on that nutrition fact panel, what also changed, which I thought was really interesting, is they changed some portion sizes and like, um, I I on ice cream, a pint of ice cream. You know, years ago, half a cup was a serving, so a pint would give you. Four Four servings. Now, now it isn't, and they change it, and, and they change now. They they're saying that a, a serving is two thirds of a cup. So really, in that pint, uh, I'm I'm only going to get three servings. Why did that change? The reason why it changes because of the way that people are generally eating. So they try to change serving sizes to make it a little bit more realistic. Um, and I think that serving size for many people is kind of a wake up call. Um, you know, I, I, it always used to bother me when I would see something like a muffin and the serving size was a half a muffin or, or wait, worse yet was microwave popcorn when the serving size was four and two thirds servings per bag. Like that means you and three and two thirds of a person needs to eat out of this bag to reach whatever they're calling a serving size. And that's a lot of people on the couch together. That's too many people on the couch together. <laughs> too many people on the couch, for sure. So, you know, I think I think that they try to make it more realistic. But again, it's what is realistic for you and what are your needs. It, a lot of these numbers are based upon 2,000 calories a day. That's like the standard that is used. But that doesn't mean that you need 2,000 calories a day. If you're a teenage boy um, participating in sports at school, you might need a lot more calories, 3,000 calories a day, 4,000 calories a day. But if you are more sedentary, working at a desk job, and you want to um, 
drop a few pounds, then your caloric intake may be less than that. So I think that you need to learn more about your needs, which of course is very individual, but serving size gives you an indication of um, what the average serving is based upon 2,000 calories a day. Right. You know, it's funny what you said about the four and two thirds people. Uh, the same thing was like with, with uh, soft drinks, you know, that, you know, I, I, an eight ounces used to be the, the standard serve for a soft drink. So that if you got uh, a 12 ounce can, you were supposed to, that, that's supposed to serve, you know, one and a half people. And I mean, I mean, how many times, Bonnie, would you have shared that? I mean, you're not a sharer. Okay. So, I mean, would you have shared that can? But I think that what, well, what another, another change that you'll see on the label is that now when there is a product that could really be eaten in one sitting, like a 20 ounce bottle of soda, now you'll see that there will be different numbers on the panel. There will be, you know, for eight ounces and then there might be 20 ounces to show you that. Yeah. So if you drink the whole bottle, this is what you're getting. And in a lot of countries, they've always done that. This is a new change for us. But in other countries, they've they've done that forever. Yeah, and that makes all the sense of the world because you you know you're not going to sh- share a bottle of soda with someone else, especially if you're drinking it right out of the bottle, because that's a whole nother episode. You said something about high low. So what are the the I, what are the, can you help explain what the daily value is and like like uh, on there as it relates to like sometimes you'll see uh, fat or saturated fat, which you know is hard unhealthy. And it'll give like percent daily value. Can you explain to everybody what the heck that is? Yeah. So the percent daily value is um, an indication of, I guess the easiest way to explain it is whether something is an excellent source of something, a good source of something, or, you know, not such a good source of something. And usually when something is um, 5 to 19% of something, so on the label, if something has like, let's say, um, 8% iron, then that would be a good source of iron. So that's 5 to 19. If it's above the 19%, so like 20% or above of something, then that would be an excellent source of something. And if something is um, less than the five percent, it's just like an okay, a fair source of something. But that could that can go either way, Bond. Right. So in other words, if it's less than five percent and it's sodium, it's low in it. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Right. Exactly. Right. But in fiber, if it's twenty percent more of your daily value of fiber, that's like whoa, excellent. Right. Right. So I think that, again, you know, it depends on what the food is and how you interpret it. But the daily value, I think, is ignored a lot by people, but it really does tell us quite a bit. And, you know, where I really like daily value is when it comes to certain nutrients like calcium, for example, because so many of us are not getting enough of the same nutrients year after year. Whenever these studies are done, calcium, we don't seem to get enough of potassium. In fact, potassium is something we don't get enough of, and potassium is new to the label. So the new labels now include potassium where they never used to include it, but it was found that so many of us are just not getting enough potassium. Right. And we know that having enough potassium in your diet and great sources are milk and fruits and vegetables, but can help um, people who have high blood pressure lower the blood pressure. And people, are, you know, a lot of people have high blood pressure blood pressure in this country so that that's good that um, we need more potassium in the diet exactly all right I let's you know let's let's do the dating game I um 
this could make this makes me crazy because the dates on the food label th- there could be up to ten of them. There could be you know, like use by, sell by, best if used by, call your mother by. I I don't know, Bond. So I, this makes me crazy. So what? Uh, believe me, I am telling you, I wrote the whole book on this subject, and it makes me crazy. But one of the things that I just really want to point out, we will go over the dates, but I also want to say that. Some dates are meant to show you that the food is really not so good after this. And other dates are meant to show you that the food is not going to harm you if you eat it past the date, but it may not taste as good as um, it would if you ate it within that date reference. But let's so let's go through some of these. So sell-by, the date that is the sell-by date, is the date, uh, the date tells the grocer how long to display the product for sale. So they can't sell it anymore past that date. So, you know, sometimes you'll see in the stores there'll be sales um, because it's coming close to the date at which the grocer may have to pull it off the shelf. And if you buy something by that date, then that doesn't mean that the next day it's not going to be good for you, but it may be something that then you want to freeze instead of leaving it in the refrigerator section, like chicken or something like that. Um, best if used by or before is the date that's recommended for the best flavor or the best quality, but it's not like it's a purchase or a safety date. It just might taste best by then. So if it's, you know, three days later and you have it, it may not taste as good as it would three days before, but it's probably not going to be that significant, significantly different. I can only imagine the amount of yogurt. That's been thrown out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the same with used by that also indicates quality. When when deciding whether a food is good or not, I think that sometimes it's just really important to use your senses. What does it look like? You know, do you see mold on it? Um, yeah. You know, what does it smell like? Does it smell bad? Does it taste bad? Right, right, right. Okay, so I had heard, I had read that the the USDA is pushing to get that uh, these dating. Uh, on the label down to, um, you know, best if used by and used by. I mean, and to get rid of all the other ones. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that maybe the food companies will kind of tailor that down so make it easy for them. I literally wrote a book that would be like taking a dietitian to the supermarket with you, you know, written in terms like the first half of the book is all about the things that we're talking about, but the second half is an aisle-by-aisle tour of the supermarket that that tells you down every aisle, how would you choose canned, frozen, fresh, dried? What's the difference between them? Because it is really confusing. And I found it so difficult to write this book. And, I, and I'm a dietitian with like 30 plus years behind me in, in knowledge about nutrition. I can only imagine how the average consumer feels when they shop. You know, uh, and again, uh, Bonnie's book that she's talking about is called Read It Before You Eat It, Taking You From the Label to the Table. And as I mentioned before, we're going to put a link to it um, on the spot on uh, Facebook page. The last thing I just want to talk about, because this is so important, I'm hearing so many things about this, that there are certain... Um, you know, people have food allergies. A lot of people have food allergies. And there are certain allergens that have to be listed on the food label. So can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so they're, they're called the big eight. And now, of course, there's a question about whether it should be the big nine, adding sesame to that list. But those eight are the 
major allergenic foods. So it's comprised of milk, eggs, fish, uh, crustaceans, shellfish, like shrimp, um, tree nuts, peanuts, wheat, and soybeans. And on the label, they also have to list, even if in the ingredient list, it doesn't say any of these eight, if the product was made on the same equipment that was used to, um, that included any of these ingredients, the manufacturer has to say that on the label. Interesting. So in other words, there may not be any tree nuts in the product, but if a product was run that had tree nuts on the machine prior to it, they have to stay just in case of the cross-contamination? Yes, because of cross-contamination. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, wow, this was really eye-opening. Thank you so much. And I mean, you know, uh, it's funny, buddy, because uh, pe- my listeners have said the same thing. You know, I don't know how to read a food label. And, you know, I always try to do episodes on things that people have questions with, but um, this was so informative, you know, what what the cockamamie dating uh, dates mean on the label, but also how to use it to um, uh, help you make better food choices. So again, we're going to put the link to Bonnie's book up on the Spun On Facebook page and, um, you know, take it shopping with you and uh, make better food choices. So with that, I am going to thank Bonnie Tau Dix for being on Spot On. You're welcome, Joan. Thank you. Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salji Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask a lot of you?